are listening to the Miskel City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, head on over to Facebook and look for the Miskel City of God in a Year group, and there you'll be able to discuss the readings with me and other people who follow along. I'd also like to thank everybody who has taken the time to rate and to review the podcast on whatever platform they listen. Today's review comes from Jenna Joe. Amazing recount of the text. Father Edward does an amazing job breaking down the text and reading it so that it comes to life. His love for Our Lady is very present in the project. If you would like to help spread the word about the Miskal City of God, rating and reviewing the podcast is one simple way to do it, because it will help other people begin to notice it in recommended podcasts. Now, let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was, to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 144, and we are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 5, Paragraphs 423 to 427. 423. The two holy spouses lived alone in their house, For as I have said, they had no servants of any kind, not only on account of their humility, but in order more fittingly to hide from any witnesses the wonders which passed between them and which were not to be communicated to outsiders. Likewise, the princess of heaven did not leave her dwelling, except for very urgent causes in the service of God or her fellow men. Whenever anything was necessary, she asked that fortunate neighbor, who, as I have said, had served St. Joseph during the absence of Mary in the house of Zechariah. This woman received such a good return from Mary that not only she herself became most holy and perfect, but her whole household and family was blessed by the help of the queen and mistress of the world. She was visited by most holy Mary in some of her sickness, and with her family was copiously enriched by the blessings of heaven. 424 Never did St. Joseph see his heavenly spouse asleep, nor did he of his own experience know whether she ever slept, although he besought her to take some rest, especially during the time of her sacred pregnancy. The resting place of the princess was the low couch, which I said had been constructed by St. Joseph, and on it were the coverings which served her during her brief and holy sleep. Her undergarment was a sort of tunic made of cotton, but softer than the ordinary or common cloth. This tunic she never changed from the time since she left the temple, nor did it wear out or grow old or soiled, and no person ever saw it, nor did St. Joseph know that she wore that kind of a garment, 
for he never saw any other part of her clothing except the outside garments, which were open to the view of other persons. Those were of a great color, as I have said, and these only and her head coverings were the garments which the queen changed now and then, not because they were soiled, but because being visible to all, she wished to avoid notice by such strange sameness of outward appearance. Nothing that she wore upon her most pure and virginal body became soiled or worn, for she neither perspired, nor was she subject to the punishments which are laid upon the sin-impregnated bodies of the children of Adam. She was in all respects most pure, and the works of her hands were like crystal ornaments, and with the same purity. She cared for the clothes and other necessities of St. Joseph. The food of which she partook was most limited in kind and quantity, but she partook of some every day, and in company of her spouse she never ate meat, although he did, and she prepared it for him. Her sustenance was fruit, fishes, and ordinary bread and cooked vegetables, but all these she partook in exact measure and weight, only so much as was necessary for the nourishment of the body and the maintaining of the natural warmth without any superfluidities that could pass over into excess of harmful corruption. The same rules she observed in regard to drink, although her fervent acts of love often caused a superabundance of preternatural ardor. This rule, as to the quantity of her nourishment, she followed during her whole life. Although, as to the kind of food, she adapted herself to the various circumstances, demanding a change, as I shall relate further on. 425. In all things, the most pure Mary exhibited consummate perfection, without any fault or want of grace, and all her actions, both in the natural and in the supernatural order, reached the pinnacle of excellence. But words fail me in describing it. For I am never satisfied, seeing how far short these words fall of that which I perceive, and how much more excellence this sublime creature possesses than I can express. Continually I am grieved by my insufficiency and dissatisfied with my limited terms and descriptions, fearing lest I presume more than I should in striving to do that which so far exceeds my powers. But the force of obedience inspires me with I do not know, what sweet strength, which dispels my hesitancy and impels my backwardness, encouraging me to face the greatness of my undertaking and the smallness of my ability. I work under obedience, and through it I hope to make great gains. It would also serve me as an excuse. Instruction given me by the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary. 426. My daughter, in the school of humility, which my whole life affords thee, I wish that thou be studious and diligent, and this should be thy first and principal care. If thou wishest to enjoy the sweet embraces of the Lord, assure thyself of his favor and possess the treasures of light which are hidden to the proud. Matthew 11.25 For without the trusty foundation of humility, such treasures cannot be confided to any man. Let all the ambition be to humble thyself in thy own estimation and thought, so that in thy exterior actions thou mayest truly exhibit the humility of thy interior. It must be a subject of confusion and a spur of humility for thee and for all souls to have the Lord as their father and spouse, to see that the presumption and pride of worldly wisdom is more powerful in its devotees than humility and true self-knowledge is in the children of light. Consider the watchfulness 
the untiring study and care of ambitious and aspiring men. Look upon their struggle to be esteemed in the world, their strivings never at rest, though so vain and worthless, how they conduct themselves outwardly according to the false notions which they have of themselves, how they pretend to be what they are not, and how they exert themselves to obtain, through these false pretenses, the treasures which, though only earthly, they do not deserve. Hence, it should be a cause of confusion and shame to the good, that deceit should urge on the sons of perdition with greater force than truth urges the elect, that the number of those who in the world are anxious to strive in the service of their God and Creator should be so small in comparison with the number of those who serve vanity, that there should be so few of the elect, though all are called. Matthew twenty sixteen. Seek, therefore, my daughter, to make progress in the science of humility, and to gain for thyself the palm of victory in this virtue in the midst of the children of darkness. In opposition to their pride, study what I did in order to overcome darkness in this world by the pursuit of humility. In this, the Lord and I desire thee to be very wise and proficient. Never miss an occasion of exercising humility, and allow no one to deprive thee of such works. And if occasions of humility fail thee and are scarce, seek after them and ask God to send them to you. For it pleases his majesty to see such kind of anxiety ambition in what he desires so much. For the sake of this divine complacency alone, thou, as a daughter of his house, as his domestic and as his spouse, shouldst be solicitous and anxious for acts of humility. For in this, human ambition itself will teach thee not to be negligent. Observe how a woman in her house and family conducts herself in order to benefit and advance her family, and how she loses no chance of advancing it. Nothing seems too much for her, and if anything, no matter how small it is, goes to loss. Luke 15.8 She becomes much excited. All this is the effect of worldly covetousness. And there is certainly no reason that the wisdom of heaven be less fruitful or less careful in the gifts received. Therefore I desire thee to allow no carelessness or forgetfulness concerning what so much concerns thee, and to lose no occasion of practicing humility and laboring for the glory of the Lord. But do thou seek and strive after his gifts, and draw merits from them as a faithful daughter and spouse. Then wilt thou find grace in the eyes of the Lord and in mine, according to thy desire. This concludes our reading today for day number 144, in which we have been reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 5, Paragraphs 423 to 427. The Holy Family of Nazareth enjoyed living kind of this hidden life, the secret life. We saw that especially in Paragraph 423 and even 424. And I think most interestingly, what we heard today was kind of the diet of the Blessed Virgin Mary. St. Joseph ate red meat, the Blessed Virgin. Her sustenance was fruit, fishes, and ordinarily bread and cooked vegetables. But of all these, she partook in exact measure and weight, only so much as was necessary for the nourishment of the body and the maintaining of the natural warmth. So she ate a very healthy diet. She ate in moderation. She didn't eat to excess. And of course, this again goes back to the idea of the Immaculate Conception, that gluttony, she's not going to overeat. And then we also heard about drink. She observed in regard to drink the same rule, although her fervent acts of love often cause a superabundance of preternatural ardor. 
and you realize that the Blessed Virgin was responsible for the miracle at Cana. And then maybe you wonder, well, did she taste that water that had become wine? Did she partake in that drink? And again, Mary would have drank in moderation, the Immaculate Conception. She is without sin, without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And we heard some things, you know, she neither perspired nor was she subject to the punishments, so forth and so on. And and uh, again, we can relate all of these things to who she was and how God chose her from the very beginning and how what we suffer as account of the fall she was not subjected to. I think as we listen to our reading today and even as we listen to that lesson of Our Lady, while we can maybe do small little things that are hidden to the world, we don't necessarily need to broadcast everything on social media. That we can eat a bit healthier Our Lady probably would like that. We have a mission here on earth that we want to complete, and we don't want to end that mission sooner because we aren't taking care of ourselves. And finally, we can do so with great humility, as Our Lady taught in our lesson, our instruction given by the Blessed Virgin today. Hiddenness, moderation, humility. Good things for us to observe in our daily life. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2,500-page work of the Venerable Maria Vagrida. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.